Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. It's Lisa, and I have a returning guest today. It's me, Nick. It's Nick. Um, so guys, little backstory. I was going to do a mini episode to talk about an event that I attended a couple weeks ago. It was the Ernie Kovacs Award Ceremony. Uh, the night included uh, Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald receiving the Ernie Kovacs Award, they talked a little bit about their time as uh, the creators of Kids in the Hall, and then they talked about their movie Brain Candy and showed the movie. Um, but I had such a blast that night, and I actually loved the movie so much, I decided the event needed its own episode. So I dragged Nick back to, uh, to this episode to talk about it with me because he liked the movie too. Dragged me back. Dragged him back. So to j- just to give you a quick breakdown... Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Ernie Kovacs Award. Then I'm going to talk about the kids in the hall. And then we'll discuss the movie. Okay, so let's start with the Ernie Kovacs Award, which is part of Dallas Video Fest. Uh, And I think to kind of give you guys some context about what this award is about, we'll talk about Ernie Kovacs himself. Uh, Ernie Kovacs had an experimental and visual comedic style that became a major influence on comedy in TV for years, even after his death. Uh, Some examples of big names that he influenced are Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Saturday Night Live, Monty Python, Jim Henson, Chevy Chase, and Conan O'Brien. Chevy Chase even thanked Ernie Kovacs during his acceptance speech for his Emmy Award for Saturday Night Live. So uh, I guess like we kind of talked a little bit before we started this episode. Uh, Nick and I have heard the name in the past, but we weren't necessarily familiar with his work, right? The name sounded familiar. Yeah. So what's really cool about this event is they also showed us clips of his work and kind of got to discuss who he was and things like that. As I mentioned earlier, every year they present this award to someone who, like Ernie Kovacs, carries on that spirit of innovation, specifically through comedy and television. So to kind of give you an idea of some of the past winners, um, they were Joel Hodgson of MST3K, Terry Gilliam from Money Python, Mike Judge, you know, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead. Um, He's he's from our, our backyard. He is. But yeah, so this year it was Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley. I can definitely see how they fall into this category of being, you know, innovative through comedy because... Very different. Yeah, because I think some of those other examples like Monty Python, King of the Hill, Mystery Science Theater, they're sort of, I think, a little more out of the box, you know. Especially when they were probably first conceived. There's probably nothing like that. Yeah. And so Kids in the Hall, it, it was a sketch comedy show, and it was produced by Lauren Michaels, who also produces SNL. But um, it, it had its differences. Yeah, it was it was pretty different because the the main comedians on that show were pretty young, and so I think their comedy was just a little bit more wacky. I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, it was a little. It was definitely, I guess, I guess younger comedy, or maybe fresher. Maybe that's what I'm going for. Yeah, I think I, I and I think that um, when I tried to show it to like my dad, I remember when the show. I I don't think I saw it right when it came out because it came out on HBO and then it was in syndication. I think I saw it in syndication maybe on probably mid know. to late nineties. Yeah, it w- was Comedy Central. I think it was on. I I think I remember seeing Kids in the Hall for the first time if during elementary school and early junior high if I was off. For some reason, like if it was a, a, a day where I didn't have to go to school or if I was sick, 
I would watch it. I know I'd always watch it, and it would be on Comedy Central. So that so, was my first introduction to them. Was yeah, was so Comedy Central, kind yeah. of late morning, like maybe like the ten or eleven o'clock hour they would show it because it it's probably it was being syndicated, but not at a prime hour. Yeah, I think so. That was like the late nineties. Probably yeah, I want to yeah. say like mid mid going into late nineties. Right, and so some of you that are a little younger might not remember it. In fact, I was kind of surprised when I, I kind of pulled people around me and they didn't know what it was. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, people our age, uh, some of them hadn't heard of it. Yeah, so I think this was kind of, you know, I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier, like Ernie Kovacs, it, it was, you know, their show kept almost getting canceled. I think that speaks to how we think it's a little more niche comedy. I mean, it is mm-hmm. sketch comedy, but it is a little bit different than a lot of sketch comedy shows you might be used to. Um, I would compare it more to, like, maybe Mr. Show, which was, like, another 90s HBO comedy. Yeah. Um, And I I guess people just weren't ready for it. (laughs) But it lasted five seasons, and um, their plan was always to go... uh, Well, so so Kevin McDonald and uh, Dave Foley kind of spoke a little bit before they showed Brain Candy... In this case, the five of them sat down and wrote something together, which was really difficult and kind of a painful process for them. Um, yeah, because from, from what I got when um, when they were speaking, it's kind of like even though they had this type of comedy and they were all in the show together, they each kind of had their own style of comedy also. Mm-hmm. So they would pitch an idea and like two of the other guys would be like, no. I don't think that's funny. Right. Uh, Change it up a little bit. And it's kind of like, okay, they're all very similar, but you can see how this comedy is very niche that even within uh, their own little group, sometimes an idea didn't get passed. So, yeah, like Lisa's saying, for them to all write together, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were a bunch of butting heads and toes being stepped on but it's it is pretty neat that they were able to do it and get the movie made yeah and um kevin mcdonald also talked a little bit about during this time he was sort of having a falling out with dave foley he uh had found greater success on news radio and so he says his words that he was a little resentful of that and uh, there was kind of a rift between them they're the closest and the creators of kids in the hall and so dave foley didn't really write pretty much any of it he's in the movie but he didn't he wasn't a big part of the writing process and that was one of the things that uh kevin mentioned he wished he could change is you know he he thinks the movie would have was good but it just would have been so much better had he been a part of the writing process i think he wanted some of his input and some of his more his comedy in there yeah and um the movie's definitely you can i can kind of tell because uh foley is is definitely in it, but it doesn't seem like he has any of the, like, the hilarious lines, you know? Yeah. He's not one of the bigger players in the film. It does feel like it centers a lot on Kevin, actually. Kevin and, um, and, um, Scott, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you might not have heard of this movie, actually, Brain Candy, and there's a pretty good reason for that. Uh, I hadn't heard of it either, and they kind of explained a little bit about why that happened. Basically... They had a pretty controversial character in the movie that Miramax, I think it was Miramax, really wanted them to cut. Um, and the character's name was Cancer Boy. We'll talk a little Yikes. bit about it in the movie. Yeah, and <laughs> it was Bruce McCullough was a child with uh, terminal cancer. They kind of stuck to their guns. I mean, they, they talked a lot about how they viewed themselves as, you know, as artists. And so they didn't want to compromise or cut anything out of their film. Plus, I feel like they're kind of like, we got a movie we're not going to change anything about it. This yeah. is our movie. We've been wanting to do this for a long time. I think they have that fear of, you know, they, they talk a little bit about the, the sphere of, like, the establishment. and like Selling out. The, yeah, the man coming in and telling them what they to, tell do. You to do. Yeah, yeah so it's, it, I, I'm sure it can be hard to tell when someone's advising you, don't do this, like, it's, it's bad, or if they're just trying to control your product. And I think they felt like they were being controlled, and so they stuck to their guns, and they didn't let them do it, or they didn't let Miramax stop them. Plus, um, if this came out in 95, they were 20 years younger. Yeah. So they were probably still like, no, this is this is our passion project mentality. Right. It's their first movie, too. Yeah. But regardless, um, I, I do think that, you know, just me personally, I mean, you know, both of us uh, volunteer for 
um, Heroic Inner Kids, which is a, a charity for children that are um, have medical challenges or uh, are at risk. And so for me personally, it's just, and I've had a few people in my family, people close to me with cancer. So yeah, it's, it's pretty hard for me to find cancer funny. So I... You know, I, I personally don't like that character in the movie. I yeah. don't think it really adds anything. It's not really part of the plot. And I think in hindsight, they've they've all expressed that they regret it. Actually, they kind of <laughs> they mention that they're like, we could have totally gotten the exact same comedy out of the movie without having that. Cause he's he's only in the movie. I, I want to say like a few seconds. I mean, I think there's two scenes. There's two scenes, and yeah. there's not even collectively one minute of yeah. him in it. So they did really so why? Them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, so this had pretty big consequences because they refused to cut this character. Um, they actually, Miramax basically didn't promote it at all. They said they, they also went from, I think uh, Kevin McDonald was saying they went from uh, opening weekend being uh, booked for a thousand theaters mm-hmm. down to like 400 yep. nationwide, yep. which is nothing. And little to no advertising at yeah. all. Because they wanted to bury it, and so they did. They buried it, and it just wasn't a success. Yeah, go try and find it now. Yeah. In fact, uh, I did try to, you know, I've, I've had a, a few suggestions that when we do these, we should tell people how to find the movie. Um, I Googled it, because I was like, well, maybe I could buy it, because I actually did really like it. Um, the, the movie itself was good. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was like that minute of questionable character aside. The movie <laughs> yeah. was funny. And it was funny. good. It was, it's solid. But um, I saw it on Amazon for fifty dollars, and I was like, books. "Yikes!" Um, you can also watch this for free on YouTube. So full movie. Yeah, I, I just watched the entire movie again right before we recorded this. So, uh, yeah, so so that's why you guys haven't heard of this movie because it was kind of killed before it got a chance to get successful, and it basically stopped them from making the other movies they were going to make. Which is a shame because it was a funny movie. Yeah, and I guess we'll kind of talk a little bit more about this as we talk about the movie but one of the things that really struck me about uh these two guys discussing just what it was like to be on the show and what they were about um and something I guess I just didn't really notice because I was so young at the time that I was watching it but um you kind of mentioned I think you, you mentioned Scott earlier um oh yeah let's get his full name just to... sorry I'm, I'm jumping ahead the the kids in the we we saw Kevin McDonald and um and David Foley at the event, but Kids of the Hall was mainly, I think, a five-core member group. Yeah. It was Dave Foley, Bruce McCullough, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. Um, And I think one interesting thing about the show is Scott Thompson was openly gay as an actor at a time when, you know, people were hiding it. I think Mm -hmm. people still hide it. Um, But it was especially touchy back then. I mean, this is, like, before Ellen. It's before... Just there was more acceptance of coming out. And but it didn't seem like it affected them any. No, I mean, he just, he'd never hit it, and he made it a big part of his comedy. I wanted to share that because I feel that if you don't know that background about that actor and, and the character, then you might view this movie, I mean, there's a lot of gay characters and gay jokes, but I think but you have to view it. Yeah, written by him. They're, exactly, they're written by him, portrayed by him, and so you kind of have to view it under that lens. I, I don't think that that was ever an issue to them, and I think that really comes across on their show and their comedy. Mm-hmm. There's, like I said, a, a big, a lot of characters that are gay, and so a big representation of that, and it's just kind of accepted and part of it, you know? Um, I don't think it's treated like... And it's, they're funny, but they're not like characters. Yeah, it's they're, not They're like, not caricatures. Yeah, it's, uh, maybe... Yeah, it's like, I guess sometimes they do kind of have stereotypes, but it's never in a, in a mean-spirited way. It's not mean, way. it's funny. Yeah. And I think kind of to go along with that, um, one interesting thing about Kids in the Hall, if you haven't seen it, is that these main characters, they would play, these main actors, they would play every character, whether they were male or female. Which is impressive for a a five-member troupe. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, people asked them that night, why, why did you, you know, why were you playing female characters? Why not just hire women? And they said that, well, it started with their comedy troupe, um, whenever they would have women, they would get snatched up by Second City or other comedy troops because there just weren't a lot of women in comedy back then. And so eventually they just they wanted to keep writing sketches with women in them. They didn't want to leave women out of it, so they would just play the women themselves. But they had this rule that if they were going to play a female character, <clears throat> they wouldn't 
it wouldn't look like funny. It's like they would wear a dress, they would dress feminine, but they, it wasn't like making fun they, of women. Yeah, they wouldn't make fun yeah. of. They would just play a woman, right? Not as a joke, just as a character. Yeah, as part of as part of the sketch. Yeah, how and, a woman would play the the character. I mean, they would say funny stuff because it's a funny show. But yeah. It wouldn't be about them being a woman. Yeah, they wouldn't, like, make fun of women. That's, um, that's their character. That's who they're playing. Yeah, so I just... Th- those were a couple things that I thought were just really interesting about what they did. And you can see that as well in the movie. So the movie, basically, I think you mentioned, Nick, that it's kind of just like a long episode in a way. <laughs> kind of, yeah, because, I mean, there's... I mean, it's a, a movie, so there's quite a few scenes. Mm-hmm. But from scene to scene, it's still just the five of them. So right. they all play, what, like four or five or six characters each? Yeah, which is, I, I feel like in the context of a movie is pretty impressive. They all gave each character a different personality. So it was almost like quite a big cast. But, I mean, it's it's kind of neat to see these five guys play 20 or 30 characters mm-hmm. and make it believable. Right. So I did kind of want to go over the synopsis of the movie really quick. Uh, And here it is. It's a pharmaceutical scientist creates a pill that makes people remember their happiest memory. And although it's successful, it has unfortunate side effects. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, that's pretty much the movie in a nutshell. And I think one thing I forgot to mention, too, is that um, we talked a little bit about earlier. They were pretty, like, you know, against, like, the man. And they wanted to remain true artists. But I noticed that they mentioned, that Kevin and Dave mentioned when... you know, like before the movie, that anytime somebody tried to bring up the pharmaceutical industry or something political, they kind of, did you notice, they kind of were like, oh, this isn't political? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like they're trying to just make comedy, not necessarily waves, but I can't see they're probably, they have, they definitely have ideas. Yeah. And they have beliefs, but they're not waving flags about it, but they're kind of... You can tell where they stand on certain things. I think on their show, they they talked about how they never really made it... Like, they they weren't like SNL where they had, like, a political skit, and then they they tried to just do situational comedy, I think is how they phrased it. Yeah, it was was never political, and it was never topical. Yeah, It would always be, like, some random time, not now in Washington... They would never do that. It would just be like, oh, some city 20 years ago or something like that. So I felt like with this movie, a lot of people mentioned that night that it feels really relevant right now just with the way the pharmaceutical industry is. And I just noticed that they were kind of, they kind of waved that off and said, yeah, you know, that's not what we had in mind. Because people were like, oh, you know, you kind of predicted how that industry is now and the way that they treat people um and they were like oh you know we just we just made a movie that was funny and i thought that was kind of interesting because i do feel like they were so forward thinking with the lgbt rights and with how they were portraying women it's just interesting to me that they're they still kind of shied away from it being political yeah yeah i just i I kind of commend them for that yeah um but you know so so this movie um like nick was saying they the five main actors play all these different characters and gosh, I wish we could just sit down and talk about each individual actor, but I feel like we'd be here like all night. Let alone (laughs) each character. Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll probably just pick a few of our favorite scenes. Like I said, I really do recommend this movie. It was really funny. It is like an episode, but in the best way, I feel that they really picked some of their best material and put it into this movie. What if we pick our favorite scene of each actor, but we won't okay. go into depth because that I, way there's oh, just five of them. We could we could kind of cover the whole movie and give some of the other guys um, uh, some light since we've been talking mainly about uh, Kevin and uh, Dave. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I think all I'm going to start off with is saying that yeah, the movie is just about a scientist that creates a magic pill that takes away depression but has horrible side effects, and he's so tempted to. 
or, you know, they're about to shut down the company mm-hmm. or they're losing a lot of money. They're going to shut down uh, his division. His division, that's right. And so he feels pressured to put it out there. He puts it out there before it's really tested. It's not done. And for a while, he enjoys a lot of fame and notoriety from it. And then it ends up backfiring, of course. And it the, does um, have bad side <laughs> effects. And he wants to come clean. And that's a big conflict in the movie of how does he do that. And yeah, because this is like their their best. I think one of the funny scenes is like, we just beat aspirin. Yeah, it's like, like such a big deal yeah. that nobody wants to admit that there's any negative side effects or anything. Anyway, so yeah, so leading with that, let's just talk about, like I said, you should definitely check the movie out, but let's talk about our our favorite characters. So I, I've got the, I've got everybody pulled up, and we'll just kind of go in order of like the main cast. Okay, Yeah. let's start with Dave Foley. Oh man, I, f- I feel like, I think my favorite character Dave was, was um, uh, Marv. The, yeah, uh, the little the assistant. the assistant. He was great in that. He's so he's so like kind of slimy and a jerk, and just but, like a yes man. Yeah, like he 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 would do whatever his boss asked him to do. Yeah, but yeah, I, I feel like he played more the straight man in this movie. But he's he's hilarious, and you know every scene he was in was great. Um, okay, do you want to talk a little bit about Bruce McCullough? I have I think two favorite characters. Um, obviously, Alice was hilarious. Yes. Anytime he was, um, or she was talking to uh, uh, Kevin's character, the main, Kevin's main character, Chris. Yeah. She, she's always like, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Chris. 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 And it's just funny because I feel like back in the 90s, that character was in the movies. Yeah. Even when it was played by a woman. There was just this woman that would just be pining after this character, even though he treats her like dirt. Yeah, I love when, when he tries to kiss her and she goes, no, we're scientists. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I think they have actually said it. They said Bruce is the face of Kids in the Hall. Because you think of Kids in the Hall, you probably think of the characters he's done. Yeah, like, pro- yeah, the, he had the most, I think, reoccurring characters. Yeah. And they're just hilarious. Um, I, th- I think uh, I, I did like Alice, but one of my other favorite characters, Bruce, it was the... Um, the heavy metal singer, uh, Cisco, I think. <laughs> yeah. Why did that, get... why did he look so like, why did he, why was he such a natural fit for that character? It was like, <laughs> it's just really funny. Like people would be at the show and they'd get excited at the thought of him not coming out. Cause he's so depressed. They're like, that's awesome. Yeah. So like on the, uh, in this movie, you know, there's a, they create a pill called Gleaminex. Gleaminex. Gleaminex that, uh, cures, your depression instantly and it makes Bruce, your brain lock on to your happiest memory. Yeah. That's and that's right. all you can think about. And so Bruce McCullough is, he plays one of the characters he plays is in a, like a heavy metal band um, or maybe alternative. Would that be? It, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel like in the nineties it would be something like kind of like, maybe not grunge. Maybe an though. in between. Like in between. Cause it was more theatrical. I think the grunge, but yeah. he plays a character that's the front man of a band that, you know, just plays really depressing, angry music. And that's the only reason people are there is to, like, yeah. just listen to it and be sad. And he gets up there and he's like, you know what I have to say about happy? Fuck happy. Oh, the funny thing is, I, I told you this, right when I heard that line, back when I was in junior high, totally random, there's this uh, this DJ, I think DJ BuzzFuzz or DJ FuzzBuzz. Well, it's, it's this really small subgenre of techno called happy hardcore mm-hmm. and he had a song that started with that whole line where he's like there's this new drug in town speed no not speed <laughs> yeah. um heroin no not heroin horse tranquilizers no not even horse tranquilizers. they, they, they use yeah. that line I'm like as i was watching I'm like oh i've heard this it's it's from that buzz fuzz song <laughs> and it it's just good. stuck in my memory like 10 plus years later I still remember that line that's so funny yeah I liked every time they were on the screen um, but for me my second favorite character and I'm trying to decide I guess it's I guess it wasn't when he was white trash man because I feel like that's at the beginning but Grievo like some of these names I'm like I oh yeah the um, the uh, not publicist but the uh, the marketing guy yeah for he's the pharmaceutical horrible but it's so funny <laughs> He's so, he's so dumb. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't even, I you know, I'm not going to do an impression of it, but if you see the movie, like, yeah. that's probably one of my favorite parts was when Grievo's on the screen because he's just such an <laughs> such an asshole. Um, so, yeah, so those are my two favorites. 
Um, I, I feel like, again, I could talk about Alice all day. She was, like, one of my yeah. favorite characters in the movie, but um, we got to move on. So let's talk about uh, Kevin McDonald. Okay. I think, I mean, I don't know. Kevin McDonald, his his main character, uh, Dr. Chris Cooper, I think is is great. It just kind of is him. Yeah, it's just it him. It feels like him if he were a scientist. Yeah. I mean, they kept talking a lot about the whole, you know, anti-establishment thing. I, I felt like this movie, in a weird way, was sort of a metaphor for, like, they're trying to create something, and then, you know, yeah. the the powers that be want to rush them. I mean, they literally talked about having to make this movie really fast and feeling, like, really pressured and putting something out there before they were ready, and so I felt like he kind of represented that a lot. I think my favorite scene with that character, though, is when he goes on TV um, and he does that interview... And, and, you know, they're like, oh, you look, you're handsome. You look like so-and-so. Oh, yeah, he's like, like, oh, really? It's like where he, everything's really going his to head his head. His head starts inflating. And then they're like, what? Dance like he does. And then he does that, like, it's horrible so dance. And everyone's clapping. I don't know why, but that scene it's, makes me laugh so yeah. hard. Because I feel like we've all seen that. Like, remember, he's actually trying to answer some serious questions about the drug. He wants to answer questions. But nobody has questions. They want to see him dance. It reminded me of, like, Oprah or something. Well, where... he, he's on, I think that scene, they're <laughs> making fun of, like, those, uh, those like, uh, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. talk yeah. shows. Like, the t- not, like, Ellen, but the talk show that you've never heard of the person hosting. Yeah. And it's just, like, now we're going to play wacky music and make pancakes or something yeah. like that. And it's like, you know, he, he wants to talk about the drug and talk about side effects and things that are serious and they and interrupt about depression. Him. Yeah. And they're just like, do a stupid dance. And he does it. And it's like, I don't know. It just, that, that part of the scene, that was my favorite scene with him. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and he doesn't really, like you said, play a lot of characters. Um, gosh, it's, it's a toss up though. Either Chris's dad or Doreen. I don't know out of the two, which one of those would be my other favorite. So Doreen was the yeah. wife of the gay husband. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think whenever he's Doreen, it, it feels, I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny. It kind of, he, he almost always is that like disappointed wife too. Whenever he, he, he does play a female character, you know? So yeah. I feel like he played that a lot on the show. Like, he's oh, like a, oh my gosh. You know, yeah. He's always dejected. So the husband did something or the kids did something. Yeah. And he just seems like the, the poor, you know, exhausted mom. And I think, I don't know, for some reason he does that character really well. And then Chris's dad, it's kind of dark, but the suicide scene, like, yeah. Remember when he comes home from work and he's depressed? I don't know. That, that seems pretty funny too. So for me, it's a toss up between Doreen and Chris's dad. Um, okay. So now let's do Scott Thompson. Oh man. Scott had one of the best characters. Uh, Mrs. Um, Her- uh, Herdiger. Herdiger. Miss Mrs. Herdiger. Oh, my God. Patient Zero, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Mrs. Her memory. Herdiger was so funny. <laughs> so, in the movie, when you take the pill, like Nick was saying earlier, it brings you to your happiest memory. And Apparently, you're one only happy. Yeah, I guess you only have one happiest person. memory. Yeah. So, Scott Thompson plays this elderly woman. And, first of all, any time he was a woman on the yeah. show was amazing. Um, I mean, all the guys were great at that, but... Scott was probably one of the best. And uh, when he's Miss, Mrs. Herdiger, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, oh, she, this her memory really is funny. so pitiful and so sad. It's, <laughs> it's like one of the funniest parts of the whole film, but she uh, imagines. Yeah, she imagines it's Christmas and she's so excited. She's like made dinner and she's just really ready for her family to come over. And her family comes over. It's Dave Foley. Her and son, uh, his wife, and their two kids. Yeah, and they come over, and they're literally there for a second, and then they leave. The, the, yeah, the kids run in, <laughs> tear open presents. Uh, I think... Uh, I think they hate their presents, They hate too. their presents. Dave Foley immediately <laughs> goes, like, pours himself a bottle of whiskey or something, drinks it, and like, all right, kids, let's go. He's like, oh, yeah, Mom, we got to run. And she's like, oh, okay. And as they're walking out, they just kind of, like, <laughs> plop a, a shittily wrapped gift, like, in her hands. And she's like, oh, what is it? A harmonica. And the door closes. <laughs> I think that was one of the skits that they even talked about uh, that night. Yeah. Remember, they were talking about how they kind of just wrote that really quick. Like, how do we get a harmonica into this <laughs> movie? <laughs> it's like, you know, it seems like it would be like this, the worst gift you could give your mom. It doesn't make any sense. She doesn't want it. Yeah, it, it's just and, a really funny And scene. so they, they do the, the memory, and then it kind of pants back to the present. She's like... 
Oh, what a lovely Christmas. <laughs> and that's the memory, like, in the movie, um, eventually, if you take this pill too much, you get stuck in that memory, and you become, like, you, you go into, like, a coma-like state where yeah. you can't get out of that memory. And uh, it's, I also like the scene where they get, um, they give her the antidote or whatever, and she starts crying, and she's like, oh. <laughs> They're all like, yay, we just pressed this old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like supposed to be the best part of the movie, but she's so sad. She's just in the back going, oh. <laughs> I think uh, I think another funny uh, scene, I like when they were kind of earlier, when they're still testing the drug, because she's like the patient zero or whatever. And for some reason, they have her on one of those those gyroscope things oh, yeah. that just spins you around. Like, how are you feeling, Mrs. Herdiker? She's like, oh, I'm feeling great. A little dizzy. A little dizzy. But uh, any side effects? <laughs> No, I, f- I feel pretty happy, pretty wonderful. I'm a little dizzy, <laughs> but but no other, no other anything else. No, just a little dizzy. <laughs> like <laughs> all right then, and he pushes the button. She like starts spinning again. Yeah, also I also liked when he was Baxter. Baxter was good. Yeah, pretty much all of his characters were like great. Yeah. I I usually. Think okay. I, I take it back. What I said earlier, I'm like, oh, uh, Bruce has the best characters. I think Scott had some of the best characters. Oh, for sure. It's it's hard to pick. They all had really amazing characters. But yeah, it, it's hard to pick a second favorite character for Scott because every character he does is hilarious. I I say it's a tie between Baxter and Wally. I really really like the I'm gay song. The whole like yeah the big song and number where yeah. the whole neighborhood starts dancing around. Yeah, and they're they're all very supportive. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're like, okay, it's about like, time. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we know. <laughs> so um, that's a really good scene. But yeah, that's tough, man. All admit, uh, Mrs. Herdiker is good. Oh, she probably Molly's is the best. good. I don't know. It is good. Man, I just I know we said only pick two. It's just so hard because I liked yeah. so many of the characters they did. Um, just looking through all this, I also kind of liked that the movie ended with like they have this thought, like, sometimes you're just supposed to be depressed. Like, yeah, they're like... Which is, I think, true, you know. But, um, like we are saying, if if you don't see the movie, at least look up the, um, the I'm Gay song and number. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like amazing. a very well-put-together, full-on, the entire neighborhood's included dance number. Okay, let's talk a, a little bit about, uh, Mark McKinney, um... The guy's a bit of a chameleon. The chameleon. We <laughs> we both have trouble, and again, we're we're really big fans of the show, but um, we saw a lot of the show when we were a little younger. So I will sometimes confuse Mark with Scott when they're when he's wearing a wig. Well, I, f- I feel like <laughs> I feel like Mark can almost pull off characters better, and I want to say he disappears into the character. He's almost not anything bad about the other guys but i feel like he's probably one of the better actors too yeah so i think uh, he and scott are like the strongest actors yeah yeah definitely but um i think it's mark not, McKinney, not taking anything away from the other guys oh but, not at all i mean They're they all were geniuses. some of the main yeah. writers right and and that's what's really cool about that group actually about kids in the hall i i really liked how Kevin McDonald said that they were they're they're a comedy troupe of writers like they're yeah. writers first actors second I think that's true for all of them, but then out of the five I think Mark and Scott are probably some of the strongest actors. Um, yeah, Mark is definitely like like you already we both already said he's more of a chameleon like he can he's believable in his characters he's not like oh that's he's wearing a wig there or yeah <laughs> he's got a silly hat on. Yeah, I, I mean, and they say that in that oral history. Um, there's there's a there's a YouTube video called uh, "Kids in the Hall and Oral History," and they get a chance to talk about each actor a little bit. And when they talk about Mark, they they do say that he can do any character, he can um, do any voice, and he's just that's something he's just really good at. I, I think that they joked about how one time they even asked him, "Hey, be a ball of hair," and then they showed a <laughs> clip like that was actual skit, but and he did that. And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and he's game for pretty much anything. Um, oh man, but, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, we should watch it. Um, but uh, I think his best character is obviously Don Rorder, which oh, is yeah. the the owner of the pharmaceutical company and Chris Cooper's boss, Doctor Chris Cooper's boss. Um, and, he uh, is so hilarious. And uh, definitely a he's pulling a uh, Lorne Michaels. Yeah, and like 
when I was watching it, especially that scene towards the end of the movie where he has that like robot-y arm. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh, because uh, Don and Doctor Cooper got into like a kind of an altercation, and he pointed or he poked Doctor Cooper, and he slapped or punched his hand out of the way. Yeah. And so the next time you see him, he's got this big apparatus like you would have if you like pulverized your leg and there yeah. were like drills in it to keep it in place <laughs> yeah. but he had that just on his finger but then it went all the way up like half of his arm and that's the point of the movie where i was like he's starting to look like a bond villain yeah and then of course it made me think of austin powers and dr, dr. Evil, evil which mike myers was channeling lauren michaels as well so yeah. in this movie yeah he's channeling Lorne Michaels. I mean, he sounds like him. He kind of looks like him. And Lorne Michaels is totally aware of this. He uh, thought Lorne it was Michaels hysterical, is, but... He's usually game with anything. He yeah. kind of likes it when anyone makes fun of him. Yeah, it's and It's usually so, playful, though. Yeah, and, and it's it's still... It's it's good. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they did this before... Because this is actually before Austin Powers came out. It's a year or two, right? A year or yeah, two before? 1996, and then I think Austin Powers came out in 99. Was it 99 or... Yeah. 97. Oh, 97. Literally the year before. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, like, if if you see this movie, he's going to remind you a lot of Dr. Evil, basically. Yeah, just with it's hair. Really similar, yeah. Um, but all, every scene, he's he's that character like most of the movie, so that's definitely, I think, what he stands out. Yeah. Those are his best scenes. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to pick two characters that Mark has because I feel like he's Don for most of it. Um, I think it's also pretty funny when he's Simon. Yeah. This I think that's the scientist. Like one of the scientists. Yeah, because I, I think... Because uh, Dr. Cooper's science team, there's five of them. Yeah. So they're all five, one of uh, the scientists. Yeah, and we were saying, like, we weren't sure if he was Baxter or... Simon, you know, but it, at first, like, when I was watching the movie again today, like, I was like, oh, does he play two of the characters? I'm like, no, one of them's Scott, and one of them's him. Like, yeah, they kind of look they just similar. Look I think similar. they're just the, uh, they're the two older cast members. Yeah, So yeah. they kind of have a similar look. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, every character he does is, is great. Um, the, uh, the drill sergeant was pretty funny, the, of, yeah. uh, in, uh, Wally's... Uh, memory. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much his fondest memory was was bonding with this drill sergeant. Yeah, that was really funny. So, are there any other scenes that you kind of want to throw out there that you just really enjoyed? Um, not necessarily scenes, and not necessarily really enjoyed. But I thought one funny thing the um, the random Brendan Fraser cameo. Oh yeah, it's so weird. Where he's like, "Am I in the placebo he's group? The placebo I'm breaking group. out." And uh, Mark is such a dick about it like <laughs> yeah he just like puts the pill in his mouth yeah, he stomps on his foot <laughs> that was a good scene um for me the other rando scene that i really liked is is the one with bruce mccullough where he makes the pill that what what does it do to ex-girlfriends oh um <laughs> it th- it makes him fart doesn't it no no oh damn it what is it I have to know. Maybe you should look up. It gives them worms. Oh yeah, (laughs) a pill that gives your ex girlfriend worms, and they just keep going. Okay, what's the positive to that? It's a pill that gives (laughs) gives your ex girlfriend to your ex girlfriend. Like, what about an ex boyfriend? It's a pill. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite scenes. And then when he gets up, he's like, they just don't get it. Yeah, there's it's I okay, I forgot about that. That was a good one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like there's, some of the characters oh, that, that Bruce McCullough did, it just it kills me. It's like so And good. there's so many like just single times or like not the reoccurring characters. They just do right. like a quick little clip. <laughs> right, like that didn't even have to be in the movie, no, but I'm glad it that, is. That was funny. <laughs> it's just like a stupid, horrible invention. Um I was trying to think of anything else. Well, I wanted to point out, too, in the groupie scenes, when you're talking about that rock concert, that woman, at first I was like, is that Selma Blair? Like, but it's Nicole DeBoer. She was from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the actual woman in the movie? Yeah, one of the only women. Um, yeah, she was, uh, she's also in the dead zone, I think. Um, but, yeah, she was uh, Esri Dax. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to tell because I'm used to seeing her with her. I know, um, she just, 
With her dots? Her dots. Yeah, she doesn't have dots. No and dots. She's, I think she's, like, younger. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's just her hair makes her... Oh, no, she looks pretty young there. I don't know. But, yeah, I it took me a minute to realize who that was. Um, I'm sorry, we're, we're looking at random clips, images from the movie, and anytime I see uh, Alice... I know! Alice is, like, my favorite. Her, like, crazy the, eyes. The very <laughs> first scene when you see Alice... I thought it was just like some lady. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like until it's he so starts convincing. talking, like when he starts talking, like oh, that's Bruce. But like at first, you're like, who is that? A- another really good scene is when she tries to warn uh, Doctor Chris Cooper about the side effects of the drug, and she knocks on the door, and he has those women there. Oh yeah. From the night before, and Nicole DeBoer is like, or she says like, oh, is he? Is your uncle home? Because she's younger. And she's like, oh, yeah, and they go and get him. And anyway, she ends up getting so offended and so upset, she, like, slams the door. But she goes, she's like, we're breaking up. <laughs> and he's like, we're not dating. <laughs> and she's like, we almost kissed. <laughs> and she's like, I'm beautiful, and I can have anyone I want. <laughs> so funny, I don't know. She's one of my favorite characters. Uh, Yeah. Man, it's just—it's too hard to pick yeah, a scene, we're, we're guys. Yeah, we're gonna like, pick we picked... one or one or two characters each, but it's tough. I just want to talk about the whole movie. I mean, and it's easy to talk about it out of order because it doesn't really matter since there's sketches. I mean, there is yeah, each... uh, a narrative. There's a straight narrative, but you could take a clip, like little clips from this movie, and, and it's just show it, and it's, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, these last two questions that I normally have: what keeps you coming back? What do you? How do you recommend this movie? Um, you know, at this point we've only, I've seen it twice and Nick's only seen it once. Um, but I will say that, like I said, after we saw it, I actually tried to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really did like this. I didn't love this movie cause I didn't know about it, but after I saw it, I did love it. I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's, I mean, it's, it's true to, to the kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's true to nineties comedy also. I really kind of felt like it was almost like a best of. Like, they yeah. took they just their strongest, funniest ideas and they put it in a movie. And I guess you could say the movie doesn't necessarily age well, because, I mean, it screams 90s. Yeah. But that's part of the, the charm. Right. It's really fun to see this movie that's, like, painfully 90s, you know? Yeah. Like, the big, ill-fitted suits that all the businessmen were wearing. and. Mm-hmm. And just the music in it, and the music's the great. Look. The music because, was always good with yeah, kids in the hall. And... They cared a lot about that, so they made sure to include good music. Um, I guess I would say to someone that hasn't seen it before, I-, I think it's a pretty good introduction to kids in the hall. Like, do you feel that if you hadn't watched that show, that you could still enjoy this movie? I think so. I think it's really funny. Like I said, I I went in thinking, oh well, I haven't heard of this movie. I just I don't know what to how to feel about it. I also felt like Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley really talked it down. They were like, oh, yeah, they well, kept, it's they not kept, our best. Like, yeah, they, they, like before <laughs> so they humble. showed it, they were like, by the way, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I I did think it was funny though that uh, Kevin mentioned that this was like their like if they were the Beatles, this is their revolver album, and they should have like held on to it and saved it and like had a couple movies before that, and then this is their their better album, and and that's why it, it didn't resonate. And um, I like I said earlier, I do feel like it was uh, a group of their best ideas on screen. I I think it's a lot funnier than they give it credit for. Um, I think the marketing was hurt by that kind of scandal we talked about earlier. Yeah. But if you can, if you can just overlook that part, and like I said, I it, when you said it it's, doesn't age well, there are a few jokes I think that are like not cool anymore. You know, I I would say you know consider the the time of of some of these jokes, but I don't think there's anything in the movie so offensive that it doesn't translate to now. I, I don't think still. you're gonna see any one piece of the movie and not be able to enjoy what came before that and what came after. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is still sketch comedy, even though it's in a movie form. So everything kind of comes at you really quick. It's like one joke after another. Yeah. You never like have time to get bored. You don't feel dragged out. They don't sit and stew on anything offensive. Yeah. I Um, mean, literally the, the most offensive part of the movie, I don't think even got a full minute of screen time. Right. Um, I guess I would say to someone, this is a pretty good introduction to kids in the hall. Plus it's free. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, 
And and if, and if you're a comedy nerd, even like a newer comedy nerd, let's say you're just really into, uh, I don't know, all the, what, whatever's funny now, uh, <laughs> Parks and Rec and What's, uh, Brooklyn the, Yeah, that's, that's and, something, uh, I think Parks and Rec, uh, Kevin mentioned, because at the thing, they, they said, what do you... What do you like now? Yeah, yeah. They mentioned Parks and Rec. Um, yeah, I think if you like Thirty Rock. Didn't they say um, the Bob and Dave show? Yeah, Old Mister Show, uh, Tim and Eric. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, anything I mean, that's different. Yeah, if you like something that's funny and a little different, you'll really love this movie. And I think one last thing I want to mention. I didn't mention this when I was just discussing Kids in the Hall, but um, Kevin did tease that they are thinking about planning a reunion. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. They they a, still a tour right now. Um, but they do they're live all, shows. Thinking about yeah, they're thinking about doing another show like six or seven episodes maybe on Netflix. That's not set in stone. Just an example. Lauren Michaels is excited about it and wants to do it. So guys, push for that. Tweet them aggressively. Write your congressman. <laughs> yeah, they, beg. Because I would love that. And and I also want to ask you guys this question because they had this question as well. Um, I know when they reprised Mr. Show and had that six or seven episodes, they didn't use... I don't think they used the Mr. Show theme. It was like a little crazy it was, or a little It was zanier. all weird. Like It almost looked like Google Dream kind of. Yeah, like, <laughs> it did. Their faces yeah. came out of each other's faces and arms came out of yeah. their teeth and shit like that. But what do you think for Kids in the Hall? Like, Would you want their original music or do you want like something different or and not even call it kids in the hall like what would you i okay they did cover this i almost think i don't know i feel like they need the original music i do i feel like the the original music maybe not even unlike, an updated version yeah like the unlike mr one. show i think their music was like when i think of that show i automatically think of the intro music and so i feel like it's a really big part of who they are and i also think that because music was a big influencer for them um, yeah. and they care so much about music i think you know they mentioned maybe even getting the old band back but i'd also be okay with a cover i will say that i'd be okay with like them finding a newer hipper artist and having them cover the song i'd be okay maybe with like that a too. new um upcoming artist that'd be kind of yeah neat. yeah some local toronto artist i don't know but um i would love that and i'm really excited about that i hope it happens are, are there um are there any they they said when we saw them they didn't necessarily like reoccurring characters but lauren michael pushed for that are there any characters you would want to see them do 20 mm. years later I I want them. I know they probably hate this, but <laughs> the head crusher. I'd, yes, I'd be okay I knew with you were that. gonna say that. I crush. <laughs> That's your head. like their most popular character, um, and also Brian McCullough when he's the little boy. Oh yeah, he's always oh, like hysterical. He's always kind of he's very annoying trying to make a buck. Yeah. How? Uh, oh, what was that one where um, Scott was painting that chair? Yeah. What would something like that pay? Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, get out of here. Get out of here, kid. Well, guys, um, I think I think we've wrapped up here. Um, and if not, too bad. Yeah, too bad. We're done, so go home. Um, no, but uh, this was fun. I I uh, I can't stress enough. I'm gonna post pictures. Like we got to meet Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald, and oh, they they, signed, they took silly pictures with us. They t- yeah, they took silly pictures with us. They signed a poster. I'll take a picture of that. We're gonna frame it because that's amazing. Um, just. Can't say enough how thankful I am that got to go to that event. Thank you, Kelly, and thank you, Chase. Um, really you know, I, I definitely it. I want to go next year. We yeah, should check I, it out. I will go every year now. If I it was knew amazing. about this, we're we're getting the word out right now. Yeah. If I knew about this, I probably would have been going for years because this was really cool. It's definitely really so, something cool. I didn't know we had here in Dallas. Yeah. What? Who? Who would you pick to like win the award next? Oh man. I don't want to be a parrot and say, like, Tim and Eric. No, I, I agree, But I think though. that would be fun. I think, um, oh, what's his face? The kid, well, I think just because we recently saw it, but the kid that played Dylan. Yeah. I in American he's... Vandal. He's pretty funny. But he's still young, so he might need a, uh, some more clout um, behind him. But yeah, know, I, think, I think Tim and Eric would be good. Or even um, the guys from Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that show just blew up. You know what? I was thinking Rick and Morty when we were yeah. last there. That would be a good one. Um, the the girls from Broad City would be good. Yes, they would be good. 
because yeah. that's something totally different. It's yeah, like, and that does have some like wackiness to it as well. Girl even though comedy. It's, more of a straight, it's just a comedy. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, I think there's a lot of good candidates out there. Bob and Dave too. Bob and Dave, yeah, they have one. Um, yeah, I think I think David Cross and Bob Odenkirk would be a, a good another choice. Oh, what about um. Joke Fonterman and uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, that would be good. Scott Ackerman. Scott yeah. Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins. That would be good. Bang, bang. That we would keep be coming good. up with like duos, but it doesn't yeah, have to be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be teams, duo, but, but um, yeah, because they've had like uh, Paul Rubens and. Yeah, like I can that. see that. Yeah. That definitely. He I think deserved it. Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins by yeah. himself would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we covered it. Okay, we have a good. wish list. Yeah. Um, these you know, all have we've call just, us. We, we have we picked the winners for the next <laughs> yeah. two, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. But yeah, guys, if if you're basically if you're a comedy geek, then you'll really like this movie. It's really good and you'll enjoy it. And so you should. Uh, it's watch it's it. good classic kids in the hall, but I think anyone can enjoy it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Um, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. It was really fun to get to do something different and review not just a movie, but an event we attended. Uh, If you want to learn more about this event, head over to videofest.org. And if you want to catch the movie, uh, you can see Brain Candy for free on YouTube. I did have one minor correction about this film. I know we mixed up a name on a couple of Bruce's characters. Cisco was actually the name of the PR guy, while Grievo was actually the name of the rock star character. Sorry about that. There were just a lot of names, and we slipped. If you guys have any feedback about this episode or any others, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter under AYA Lisa Cosplay. You can also find me on Instagram at AYA, and as a Nancy, A-M-I, Lisa, and in our closed Facebook group. I love that movie. Like I said, the group is closed, but just send me a request and I'll add you. It's a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free. My only rule is always keep it positive. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. If you leave a positive review on iTunes, you'll be entered to win a $20 gift card to a movie theater chain of your choice. Right now we're at 13 reviews, and once I I get to 15, then I will go ahead and draw that. Uh, Everybody loves free money, and it's my way of giving back to you guys for supporting me. Thank you so much again, and I look forward to hearing from you.